0: Thank you for downloading this sponsored podcast presented by PR Week. For more podcasts, visit us online at prweek.com.
1: Hi, this is Steve Barrett, Editorial Director of PR Week. Welcome to the second episode of PR Week and Google's Changemakers podcast series, looking at diversity, equity, and inclusion, especially in the PR agency sector. Delighted to have with us Rosanna Fisk, the global CCO of Royal Caribbean Group, to talk about the Changemakers program. Rosanna, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing really well. So happy to be here with you, Steve.
1: Yeah, great to have you with us, Ro, and you were part of the Changemakers Advisory Council, which was a top-level group of mainly client-side people who gathered to look at PR agencies in the context of DE&I and assess whether they are genuinely changemakers makers. What did you think, uh, having gone through the process, you've been talking about this for probably a couple of decades, and and the industry's been talking about it for decades, but where did you come out of the conversation? What were your overriding thoughts, having talked about DE&I at PR agencies in such depth with with such a a top-level group of client-side folks?
0: You know, Steve, it was a fantastic conversation. Uh, and more importantly, it was an honest, very candid, very genuine discussion among leaders. We were there specifically discussing what is so clearly in our minds. We know that our industry is truly a forward-thinking industry. I mean, when you think of public relations, we are one of the things that distinguishes us from every other disciplinary uh, marketing-related function is that our day is never the same, right? That's what we always say. We're always dealing with the constant change. We're always dealing with something new. And that makes us a very forward-thinking industry. We're learners, but where we have Have really seen tremendous stagnation uh, is in the area of diversity and specifically in the area of attracting diverse talent and retaining diverse talent. And so when we look at ourselves and how forward thinking we are in just about everything else that encompasses public relations and communications, why haven't we Uh, been as forward thinking when it comes to dealing with the issue of diversity and equity and inclusion, because we haven't. And that's the discussion we had. You know, we've seen progress, no doubt about it. We've seen over the years, there have been some changes, but We're far behind where we need to be and far behind where we need to be with other industries, you know, to to really be on par with, say, the tech industry with, you know, you name it. And we really are lagging. So that's the conversation that we had. And I think it was a really important conversation.
1: Yeah, now, Rosanna, you've got a unique perspective because you've, you've worked on the agency side, you've worked in education, you've been involved with trade bodies, and, and for, latterly for the past sort of 10 years, you've been on the client side. So you've seen the industry from all sides, and, and obviously you've grown up in the industry as a Latina woman and come through and experience the things that everybody in the black and brown communities and, and Asian Americans, and we should say it's not just talking about ethnic diversity, we're talking about diversity across the board board here but why is that because like you said PR is a progressive profession and it's about making change and it's genuinely you would expect there to have been more we, we had the, there was a lot of activity after the murder of George Floyd which was a real wake-up call for the country let alone business in particular and it felt like there was some real change being made but do you feel what was your take on that did we do a year and then as, as, as the spotlight kind of gone away from this again?
0: You know what I wish that I could say that we're in the same mind that we were when that tragedy took place and it's truly unfortunate that it takes a tragedy such as the killing of George Floyd and, and you know and all the others that we experience that same year and frankly that we experience every day so
1: yeah, yeah
0: for us to say hey something really needs to happen I find it interesting that throughout the years, the word diversity is still so important and still lagging. Um, You know, you mentioned I've worked in different settings. Over 20 years, I've been uh, making diversity a part of what I do daily. I think where we are, seriously in uh, having a problem, an industry problem, is in the equity and inclusion piece. You have to really understand all three of those and really reevaluate whatever your efforts are um, on all three of those before you can you know, bang your chest and claim that you're doing great things in your company. Because if you don't fully understand each component, individually and how they work together, and I mean that, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how each plays a role to make it a better workplace. You're not going to move forward. You're not going to have real sustainable change and and, and not going to have the differences that you're looking to have. You know, you asked me, what have I seen through the years? Well, I've seen a generation that continues to become, as, as generations change and grow, they become more diverse. You know, so by 2030, we're supposed to be a country that's uh, more than 40% diverse. And, and and that I mean ethnically diverse. When you look at our profession, can you look at the PR profession and say that 40% of our profession represents diversity? No, we can't claim that. But more importantly, can we look at the leaders in our profession and our agency leaders as an example, and do they reflect that? When we look at not just the top level, not just the CEOs, but even the second level, one level down or two levels down, what is that diversity looking like? What's the pipeline to really show that you've grown as an agency when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion? So it's not just attracting talent is retaining the talent and making sure that you're creating that sense of belonging to to really allow for all the differences to thrive and to really shine in the workplace which i think is lagging so i'm i'm sad to say that it really is sad
1: yeah yeah um let me play devil's advocate for a moment because i mean that's what i like to do but uh, what do you say to <laughs> yeah, what do you say to people in the agency sector who say that actually a lot of the most diverse individuals on their teams get poached by the client side folks and go go to work on the client side is that fair i mean have you seen that happening
0: you know what i think all is fair because let me tell you if you're not doing enough to retain that talent it means that they're looking for something else it means that they're trying to find where they are being recognized given the opportunity, given the um, you know, the, the roles that they're looking for, and not just being marginalized or or pigeonholed. That's a big one of agencies, or pigeonholed because they represent an age group or you know, an ethnicity or whatever. You have to be able to have the same opportunities, if not being able to be mentored into those opportunities as everyone else and what we find is that a lot of the diverse talent that leaves public relations and communications as a profession is because they're not finding that sense of belonging they're not finding that invitation to you know to the dance we we've heard that analogy you know diversity is getting the invitation to the dance but actually being asked to dance that's inclusion and that's what's happening they're getting invited to the dance but no one is asking them to come out and dance with them and so that's a big issue that's happening and so if i'm the one that's saying hey come to my team because you're going to have an important role you're going to be able to head this part uh, of the work that we're doing you're going to be able to look at this stretch project down the road um, or even try something completely different from what you've been doing why shouldn't I take, why shouldn't I give that opportunity to someone that perhaps they're not getting somewhere else?
1: Why do you think it's easier to make that happen on a client context rather than in an agency context? Obviously, an agency role can be more uh, complicated. You are dealing with lots of different clients. You've got lots of different practices. Having been on both sides, you know, how how would you characterize the difference there?
0: Yeah, you know what? I don't agree with you. And I know you're probably shocked by that since we agree. So.
1: <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time.
0: <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time, right? <laughs> um, but you know what? I don't agree with you because I think as an agency leader, you still have the opportunity to offer work that challenges the individual that allows them to learn that allows them to feel like they're contributing that allows them to to feel respected and valued and many many times it just boils down to equity you know it boils down to uh, it yes am i being uh, compensated fairly for my work but am i given those stretch assignments that perhaps somebody else is given and not me and even if you're working on a particular account team right what can i be doing that perhaps my teammate is doing and getting the stretch assignments and i'm not getting them i may not even know how to ask for them i may not even know how to you know communicate hey how come this is happening one way what what do i need to do to make that happen for me and and that's what needs to start happening we need to make sure that we are training and well, training may be a strong uh, HR word, but we are preparing our leaders for that level of of not having that unconscious bias for the leaders to really look beyond, you know, this is what's happening day in, day out in my agency world. I really need to be looking ahead and more strategically as to what my client may need, what my agency may need. And we will be better if I have a diverse team as an account team.
1: Yeah. Now, having gone on the agents on the client side about a decade ago, have you got any, you don't have to be specific on the agencies, but have you got specific instances where you thought, wow, this is, this just doesn't feel right. This is not the right way to show up. And and this is not what I want to see in terms of DE&I. I
0: I can't say I can pinpoint a situation, but I'll, I'll flip that on you. I was really, really happy to see some of the changes in Edelman, for example. Oscar Sir is becoming the president of the New York Office. You know, Oscar is a huge, huge believer and, and extremely passionate about diversity, equity, and inclusion. So having that role in, in is such a big visible role in the New York office, I think is, is a, a, a really good, a good testament as to where Edelman is going. So I find it as a good step in that direction, right? And having Lisa as as the head as well. It's Lisa um,
1: Ross, yeah, the USC.
0: Exactly, but we need more of those, right? To to truly be a change maker, we need more of that. We have that kind of diversity, equity, and inclusion in all aspects of the work. And so, Zeno Group, you know, has also done a, a couple of those big assignments. So it's great to see agencies that are moving in that direction. Um, I want to see I want to see it in all agencies and I want to see it as part of our everyday conversation and work, not just, oh, we have this one president of a major agency, you know, in a major office. But really, it's it's something that is taken seriously and it's done throughout the agency
1: world. Yeah. So you've got the CEO there of the biggest agency in the world. You've got the New York office lead. And those are sometimes diverse candidates tend to get marginalized into the D&I beat. What's your attitude about that? Is it important to have DNI person at agencies? But how do you avoid being sort of pigeonholed into that position? You mentioned pigeonholing people earlier on.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think about, let, let me look at it from this perspective, When I turn to my agency, I am looking for innovation. I am looking for ideas. I am looking for something that is different from what my in-house team brings to the table, right? And I'm looking for that perspective that we haven't yet had and that someone hasn't shared with us. And the truth is, is that there's a level of innovation that diversity contributes to that really nothing else contributes to it. People bring a unique framework uh, and thinking to, to their jobs that enables them to approach problems differently and to propose really different and unique solutions because of their diversity. And so to me, I wanna know that I'm gonna have access to that innovative thinking. I'm gonna have access and, and knowledge provided to me from those diverse voices. Um, because I know that if I have that, there are gonna be better outcomes. There are gonna be better solutions. The, you know, the research has shown that the, the, that the more diverse the team, the more uh, innovative the problem solving. So if that's what the research is telling us, why isn't that put into practice? And and we have that time and time again in key roles. You know, we have in NASA engineers, for example, have highly diverse teams. Um, and so we we are s- supposedly an incredibly creative industry, right? An incredibly creative profession. So. We want to drive innovation. We want to drive creativity and bring that to our clients. That's what I look for in my agency. And so I want to make sure that they're setting themselves up for their best success possible. And I know that they can't do that if they don't have the diversity on the teams.
1: Yeah, very good point. I mean, And during the Changemakers Advisory Council discussion, we did hear anecdotes, didn't we, from very senior Brand leaders, uh, heads of comms, about how their agencies showed up. Like with maybe thirty people and, and, maybe, and only two diverse individuals, when they knew they're coming to see a very diverse in-house team. And how do you hold your agencies to account? Because you, the clients, are in the positions of power here. With you're controlling the budgets, you're controlling the purse strings. You can. I know you can't dictate, but you can you can impose sanctions. I suppose the ultimate sanction is you stop working with that a particular <laughs> agency, right? So, so how are yeah. you doing that, and how do you use that role to help bring about this change and and make sure that the agencies are really stepping up to the plate and delivering what you need?
0: I, I have to tell you, Steve, I am very blunt and candid, and I just point blank say, you know, when I, when I'm not seeing diversity on the team, I'm just point blank saying it. <laughs> I just say, we need more diverse thought on this team. You know, we need different perspectives. We need different voices. And when I say that, and by the way, I'm, I'm lucky because um, I work with Weber Shanwick. That's our agency and Weber Shanwick uh, and, and at different levels, different teams throughout the company. And we do have diverse diversity on those teams, diversity of age, diversity of background, diversity of ethnicity, and diversity of uh, religion and sexual orientation. So that's what I want for my colleagues, right, for them to challenge me, to bring me that um, very different point of view that we haven't had before. And so when you said, you know, do you demand it? I don't demand it. I, I don't say you need to have this, but you know what? I definitely voice when I'm not seeing diverse perspectives in the room. Point blank, I will say I would like to have somebody, you know, of a diverse background or somebody in this area or somebody that uh, is not represented in this room. And by the way, sometimes that representation means we want somebody who is a white man. That's part of diversity, too. And, And I think that's something that we forget in the diversity conversation is that we all make up. The marketplace, and that's what needs to be reflected as part of diversity.
1: Yeah, and just to finish up, Rosanna, um, if we were gathering again in a year and we were having this change maker conversation, what would you like to see happen and have changed for us to be able to name a group of change making agencies and and celebrate progress forward? Because there's no doubt this is a bit of a wake up call for the agency sector, isn't it?
0: It sure is. I mean, if this isn't, I don't I I don't know what is. I mean, we all felt that way when we were having the discussion. Um, You know, this this is really, really telling of the industry and where we really need to put our 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 heads and our priorities. Right. Um, What would I like to see? I would like to see not a one off program. Not, we did this to our employees, we brought food trucks, we have this ice cream social. No, I want to see a cohesive effort that is from the bottom up and from the top down, that it includes movement within the organization to show growth, that includes retention. And let me add, women in PR is not really uh, at something that should be pointed out as diverse, because we do make up 70 percent of the PR roles. So when I'm when I'm looking at growth uh, of gender, diversity, um, ethnicity and all of that, I'm, I'm talking about true diversity right? In the sense of, show me what are the differences and how have you managed to bring equity and inclusion throughout your entire organization? Not just your interns, not just your assistant account coordinators, not just your Black African American um, employee group or affinity group, but throughout the entire organization. And something that is sustainable and something that is going to be maintained and not just a one-off. That's what I'd like to see as a change maker.
1: Well, thank you, Rosanna. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for joining us for a great conversation and being part of the Changemakers Advisory Council. And we look forward to continuing not just not a conversation. We look forward to actually uh, bringing about change. And uh, that's what it's all about. So thanks so much for joining us on this podcast.
0: Thanks for having me, Steve. Always fun to talk to you, even when we don't agree.
1: Yeah, well, it's more fun when we don't agree, let's face it. This has been Steve Barrett. We hope you enjoyed the conversation with Rosanna Fist of Royal Caribbean Group. To hear the rest of the conversations in this series, sign up wherever you get your podcasts or go to PRweek.com. And we look forward to continuing the conversation at PR Decoded, our annual conference in Chicago, October the 11th and 12th, where we'll talk about these initiatives in depth and talk about how we make this a sustainable movement moving forward.